We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, this is Steven, the host of the Guilty as Charged podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are available on all podcast platforms as well as YouTube. We do appreciate any ratings or reviews and all subscribers to our YouTube channel. That being said, today's show is brought to you by Manscaped, who is our sponsor, who has been great for us. They've been an amazing partner to work with, and they have some great products to make sure that you are feeling your best for the upcoming summer months. If you're feeling a little frisky downstairs, they have the Lawnmower 2.0. They also have anti-chafing boxer briefs, which are a personal favorite of mine, as well as ball deodorant and some amazing smelling cologne. If you use the code GUILTY at checkout, you get 20% off and free shipping your purchase. Again, that's the code GUILTY at checkout for 20% off. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to the Guilty as Charged podcast. Very excited today to be joined by a special guest, Mr. Jordan Tucker, the host of Cowboys Fans Only. Jordan, how are you doing today, man? Doing great, man. How about yourself? I'm doing great. We were just chatting off air, just really excited that football is back. Really excited that, you know, both of the the Chargers and Cowboys had some stressful weeks. (laughs) The Cowboys came up short against the Buccaneers and the Chargers uh, came up on top. On Washington, which which will help your team down the road. Which exactly, is, great job true. beating the division. Yeah. <laughs> job well done. Yes, it was a it was a fantastic game to watch, and even though the Cowboys came up short, it was a, a great game um, that week. So we are here to preview the Chargers and Cowboys matchup, and I think it's only right that we start about Dak Prescott because I know you know there was the ankle injury and the recovery process, and then the shoulder injury. Um, but he looked very healthy last week. Was that kind of by design or was that more about missing Zach Martin and the Buccaneers defense really being set against the run because he looked great? Yeah, I think it was a combination, a little bit of everything. I think Zach Martin being out last Thursday's game was definitely a, a key factor going into the game plan because I think that was the question mark, not only for fan bases outside of Dallas Cowboys fans, but just us internally as well. We didn't know how Dak Prescott would look because, I mean, he's been out for a month or so with the shoulder injury. He had the ankle surgery last year, two ankle surgeries, actually no preseason reps. So that was the question mark was like, how many, you know, opportunities was he really going to get opening night? But you see clearly 
they opened it up and he was throwing like he's never thrown before. And to kind of see him come out there and really put the team on his back, it was refreshing as a Cowboys fan, man, because we've seen Ben DiNucci and Garrett Gilbert and Andy yeah. Dalton to finally actually have Dak Prescott out there. It was like a sigh of relief and he was ready. And so that's a great sign for a lot of us Cowboys fans moving forward. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think Dak really played well. I think he, he is going to continue to shut up some doubters and, yeah, it sure seems like he's on pace to throw for like 6,000 yards this year. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. Exactly. Yeah, if, if he had me to take an over and under how many throws he was going to do, there is no way I would have 50, you know. <laughs> but, you know, that's what it warrants sometimes when you're playing against a great like Tom Brady. Yeah. Like, we really had to go blow for blow at Tampa, but unfortunately we fell short. Yeah, but uh, good news for Dak. It was great to see him back there and healthy. Um, obviously, the, the the health of Zach Martin was a big thing last week. This week, there's the news of the suspension of Lyle Collins. Um, what can you tell our listeners about the the moving parts around the Cowboys offensive line? Should we expect to see Martin kick out to right tackle? Or what, what do you kind of foresee happening with the offensive line this week? Yeah, coming into the offensive uh, in season, as far as the offensive line is concerned, we've had question marks due to health. I mean, Lyle Collins was out last year, and also we had injuries with Tyron Smith, but also Zach Martin got nicked up last year. So the death was always a concern, which is me personally. I would have took the guy that you guys took in the draft. He played great <laughs> yesterday um, and Rashawn Slater, but unfortunately we didn't. But Micah Parsons is still a great draft pick. So as of right now, I would say that Zach Martin is going to be stashed at right guard. I don't think the Cowboys are going to make the smart move by kicking him out the right tackle and plugging in Connor McGovern. They did it last year. It made a lot of sense, but I just don't think they're going to do that. So I think what they're leaning towards is maybe one of our backup tackles, whether it's Ty Nasecki or Terrence Steele. And I'll be clear as day, if Joey Bosa is lined up on Terrence Steele, it's going to be a long day for us Cowboys fans. So hopefully Mike McCarthy will be smart enough just to kick Zach Martin over the right tackle and plug in Connor McGovern, who played great versus Tampa. But sometimes the Cowboys are hard-headed when it comes to decision-making. So it's really going to be a question mark probably until Wednesday or Thursday of this week until we find out how will this offensive line actually move moving forward. But if they're smart and they want to protect their investment in Dak Prescott, there's no way they toss Terrence Steele or Ty Nasecki out there at right tackle. You just can't do that, but we'll see. It's always interesting to see how teams really kind of handle these kind of situations because it it sounds like uh, Connor McGovern is kind of the best backup on the team, mm-hmm. um, and, and you know the Chargers have gone some gone through some of these situations as well. You know, like last year, the best backup into your offensive lineman was Scott Questenberry, but he was the backup center, and when mm-hmm. Trey Turner got hurt the previous coaching staff like refused to put Scott Questenberry <laughs> at right guard. And it was just like, you know, cycling through these inferior players at right mm-hmm. guard. And it's like, you have Questenberry right there. Like mm-hmm. he's right there. Just put him in. So yeah. it is always interesting how these coaching staffs kind of, you know, either they're flexible or they aren't. And exactly. uh, as a Chargers fan, I hope that not, I hope, I hope the Cowboys are I know, not right. You guys should hope if you got if you guys see Terrence still out there, oh man, it's going to be a field day. But I agree. Sometimes these coaches are just not flexible. Last year, we only became flexible because we had to. We had no other yeah. options because if it was the Cowboys, you know, their mindset, Connor McGovern wouldn't even play. And so, you know, speaking of the other other Connor uh, Connor Williams, 
he played right tackle in, at the University of Texas. So a lot of us are like, well, why don't you just move Connor Williams over to right tackle? But they never tried it. They tried him at center, which was a field experiment this preseason. Like, why not put him where you saw him and drafted him? But who knows? So what, what remains to be unseen. Yeah, and, you know, we'll have to keep an eye on that one for sure. We are recording this as of Monday, so, you know, maybe we'll get some more intel throughout the week, but um, definitely something to keep an eye on. I want to shift gears to talk about this insane passing attack that the Cowboys have this year. Obviously, Michael Gallup is injured, which hurts a little bit, Mm -hmm. but you still have Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, which I think is, if not the best receiving duo in the league this year, one of the best. So Mm -hmm. what's kind of the expectation for those two uh, going forward this year? Yeah, I think it's big expectations for not only Amari and CD, but also for Michael Gallup. I mean, before Dak went down last year, he was on a record-setting pace, you know, before the Week 5 injury, and all three of those guys were on pace to be 1,000-yard wide receivers. And so I think, especially if we continue the game plan that we saw on Thursday night, I feel like you could have big seasons now. Of course, Gallup could kind of be limited. I think he's going to be out until Week 5 or Week 6, possibly with the calf strain. But I think that... A lot of Cowboys fans, myself included, were kind of accustomed to 21 pretty much carrying the load. I think that's no more. I think we're going to be more of a pass-focused team, more aligned with Kansas City, what you're seeing in Tampa. So is the question mark is how does Ezekiel Elliott really fit? Now, he did a great job on Thursday night in the blocking game for yeah. pass protection and different things like that. But when you play a pay- player that caliber, that type of money, you want to see a little bit more. And so it's going to be interesting to see how this team starts to move forward with this new look offense. But yeah, Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, they're great. Like we have two number one wide receivers and, you know, it's a great gift to have. It really is. And uh, as a CeeDee Lamb fantasy owner, I just, I, uh, <laughs> not this week. CD CD can take the week off in fantasy. Oh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> going forward, I'm hoping for some big things from CeeDee Lamb this year. Yeah. It's always the hard part. It's like, all right, I kind of want you to go <laughs> off, but not this week. We're going to take a week off. So, but right, right. I think that you'll have a big week from CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper. I think they'll continue from what we saw on Thursday night. That's certainly going to present quite a challenge for the Chargers secondary. Uh, and let's talk about the Dallas secondary because I think <laughs> the uh, the Cowboys have I, – I like Trayvon Diggs. I think Trayvon Diggs mm-hmm. is a budding number one corner. But outside of Trayvon Diggs, what's, what's kind of the mood around the Dallas secondary right now? Barbecue chicken. Barbecue chicken. <laughs> <laughs> As we saw on Thursday night, man, Antonio Brown was just rocking the baby. So we have um, um, Anthony Brown, who's our cornerback too, and then we also have Jordan Lewis, who's our nickel guy. And to be honest with you guys, I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, I know this is where we originally talk on Twitter. It's like, I'm still, man, I'm still. You guys took my guy, Asante Samuel Jr. I wanted Asante. We so took two of your guys. Bad. Yeah. So you, I, I keep saying, like, the, char- <laughs> the Chargers listened to my draft content because I was saying, Sean Slater and Asante Samuel. It was so simple. You guys just took the easy, um, easy picks, but. You know, I feel like right now, you know, we're kind of limited with having Anthony Brown because our pick who we chose over Asante Samuel um, and Kelvin Joseph um, out of Kentucky, he's out with a growing on IR, so he won't be back till week four, week five, possibly. We do have Nashawn Wright. He's extremely green. I highly doubt they're going to put him out there. And so I feel like what you guys saw versus Tampa and I think Mike Williams already commented, it looks fun playing as our secondary. I think there's going to be a lot of fun on the Chargers end when it comes to playing as our secondary because opposite of Trayvon Diggs is really just a pick of the litter. I know Justin Herbert's going to definitely see a lot of openings and opportunity on film. So 
it's going to be interesting to see how Dan Quinn starts to counter that. Yeah, it really is. It It's an interesting trend around the league, right? Because everybody was trying to do this Seattle cover three for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And now you kind of have like the remnants of it with Dan Quinn in, in, in Dallas and Gus Bradley in, in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. But those are really like the only ones left that are trying to do it. And neither of them really have. Like it, it's easy to run the Seattle defense when you have a Derwin <laughs> James and Casey Hayward and and Earl Thomas and Richard Sermon, but exactly these teams like the Cowboys and Raiders just don't have those kind of players right now. We don't, especially when it comes to our safety play. I mean, it's kind of just trial by fire because we have Demonte Casey, J. Ron Curse, Donovan Wilson, Malik Hooker, who didn't play too many reps, and so we're still trying to find who are those guys going to be. But it's not like Seattle when you had Earl Thomas and. Cam Chant, like everything was already in sync. And so, you know, moving forward, we definitely got to keep our eyes, especially on, on the secondary, because even though Dan Quinn has often improved the run defense, which was Achilles Hill last year, well, our pass defense can't slide because you're basically just filling in one hole and then having another leak somewhere else. And so it's going to be really interesting to see how things start to come together. But, you know, Tom Brady, he wasn't touched. He just had, you know, a field day versus – our, our defense and so it's going to be interesting to see how that carries over to week two it really is and to add kind of more mystery to that you have randy gregory going on the COVID list today so uh, i think demarcus lawrence is really really good mm-hmm. um but what can you tell everybody about the rest of that defensive line yeah um yeah randy gregory so i feel like the dallas cowboys are the only ones starting to get hit with this COVID thing every yeah. week and it's like you know a coin flip uh, who's going to be in who's going to be out now there's some optimism about randy gregory i'm still being able to be ready for sunday but you just never know with this thing so um yeah that's gonna be a, a definitely big blow demarcus lawrence is a great player i think a lot of cowboys fans we get frustrated with demarcus lawrence because he just does his job And I feel like we want a lot more. Like he really doesn't jump off the screen. He really doesn't change things like you've seen, you know, Garrett did um, yesterday, you know, those those type of players, Joey Bosa. Um, So I think that's what the expectations are for Demarcus Lawrence. And so we'll kind of keep an eye on that. Um, Opposite of Demarcus Lawrence, if Randy Gregory's out, you might get um, Daryl Armstrong, um, who are, uh, yeah, Armstrong, who was a player out of KU, who's been there for about three to four years. Solid, but nothing to really be worried about. Also, Bradley and I, um, Dorrance Armstrong, not Daryl Armstrong, that's basketball. I've been playing NBA 2K. Um, <laughs> Dorrance Armstrong. Um, then you also have Bradley and I, and then Terrell Basham. So some of these kind of filler guys. Um, so that could definitely be a concern if Randy Gregory's out because pressure is going to be critical versus you guys. In the interior, we have Osa Digizua, one of our rookies. At well Blue done, Pack. sir. Well done. Yeah, yeah. I got it. I got it by now. Um, so he's actually, you know, we're a lot optimistic about Osa. I mean, he's played great thus far, um, but he's still very young. And then you'll have either Carlos Watkins or Brent Urban. So as far as our defensive line, with the run game, it looked better. But here's what I keep saying. Tampa didn't even run against this a lot. And so we really don't know until we see it. And I think that you guys are going to be more balanced than what we saw through Tampa. So it's going to be interesting to see is our run defense really fixed. But Micah Parsons, that linebacker that we draft, is helping a lot when it comes to the run game. So, Yeah, I'm really interested to see what happens this week without Gregory because if if I'm that defensive coordinator, like I'm giving Parsons some more pass rush reps, because I think he really has that skill set, not to be a full-time edge rusher, but, you know, give him, you know, 10, 15 pass rush reps, I think could open some things up. But then again, 
that means you have to put Jalen Smith <laughs> on the field some more. So yeah, exactly. that's going to be an interesting thing to watch for uh, Dan Dan Quinn this week. Yeah, and and the thing about you know the going back versus Tampa, we were this close to getting Brady frequently. I mean, if you go to the last drive, I mean, Demarcus Lawrence, he almost had a finger on that ball and Trayvon Diggs almost intercepted it. But it's just that Tom Brady's just field awareness and pocket presence. He gets rid of the ball so quick. And so if our corners can actually cause Herbert to just to hold the ball a slightly little bit longer than we were causing um, Tom Brady, then you could see a lot more pressure than we saw Thursday night. But having Randy Gregory hurts tremendously because he's one of our best pass rushers. Yeah. Absolutely. So before we get to your prediction, I want to just kind of get your general thoughts on the NFC East this year and how the Cowboys fit in. Obviously, the health of Ryan Fitzpatrick is really kind of throwing a loop in Washington's plans. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it kind of it, I think Tyler Heineke has shown some good flashes, but he's really only played in two games. So I think everybody's kind of assuming that Washington, you know, had been maybe still is kind of the second team, potentially a team that can challenge the Cowboys. How do you view Washington now that they have lost Ryan Fitzpatrick potentially for the season? Yeah, we all know about Washington's defense, but I personally been saying I feel like if anyone's going to rival us in the NFC East, it's going to be the Giants. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Giants are a more complete team than Washington. I just feel like Washington last year, I mean, they really only made won the division because Philly tanked that last game and <laughs> lost on purpose. And so, you know, honestly, the Giants should have been the division champs. But, you know, I feel like Washington does have the talent. They just have – they don't have the quarterback, especially if Fitz is going to be out for an extended time. But with that defense, they're always going to be in the thick of things. But I feel like the Giants are a more complete team with their wide receiver core. Their defense is solid. And granted, Saquon only got me four points um, yesterday. I feel like Jason yeah. Garrett is going to find ways to utilize Saquon a lot more. And so I think the Giants will kind of be the second um, option as far as the NFC East is concerned, but also Philly, man, because you never can really sleep on Philly because they like that underdog role when everyone's counting them out. They typically thrive on that. And so I've been saying I expect the NFC East not to be the NFC least anymore. I expect us to be a lot more competitive than what you saw last year. But I feel like as long as we can stay healthy as far as keeping Dak Prescott and some of these guys up throughout the season, I feel like the Dallas Cowboys should be the lead dog to win this division and, and clearly. Yeah, I think at this point it's it's pretty clearly the Cowboys division to lose, especially mm-hmm. with the Fitzpatrick news. Mm-hmm. Um, and hey, man, like if the Chargers can go up against the Washington defensive line and, and you know really protect Justin Herbert to a mm-hmm. scale that none of us really foresaw, mm-hmm. you know, I think you know the Cowboys can certainly do you know even better job when you have Tyron Smith and Zach Martin and all those guys. So mm-hmm. um, what's the win loss prediction stand for you with the Dallas Cowboys right now? So I had us at 10 and seven. And I think I'm sticking with that. Okay. And I, and I feel, I feel that because I haven't really seen what the Cowboys are like in the Mike McCarthy era. So I've been saying this and a lot of Cowboys fans been on my back about this, but I'm actually more concerned about this game versus you guys than I was versus the Bucks. And the reason why I say that is because the whole world was counting us out. I mean, heck, we was like nine and a half point underdogs by the time kickoff happened. You know, you had all the impact, the the Super Bowl ceremony, everything kind of going on. So it was easy to get up for those games. But now where are we? Everyone's giving Dak Prescott all the flowers. And now everyone's picking us to win. And typically once that happens, the Dallas Cowboys tend to settle. You know, so I'm really kind of seeing how is Mike McCarthy going to get this team to continue to rally block out the noise and everything's starting to happen because you're seeing now here comes suspensions with Lyle. Here comes Randy Gregory being out. And, yeah. you know, all these things start to transpire. 
And so it's going to be interesting to see. But I hopefully I think we will be ready for game on Sunday. But, you know, is it going to have are we going to play with that same fire, that same sense of urgency remains to be unseen? Because I've seen it. I've seen us, you know, go toe to toe with some of the elites or, you know, beat the Packers and turn around, and lose the Jets and different things like that. Because with the Cowboys, it's always a roller coaster. Yeah, you know, for the record, I do think that 10 wins sounds about right. But um, you said we're a little worried about this game. So let's get your prediction. What do you think the final score is on Sunday? Of course, uh, you know, you feel free to uh, adjust your prediction, you know, by the time the, the game actually happens, because it is Monday. Uh, but what are you feeling right now the score ends up being? As of right now, I believe the Cowboys are going to win 31-27. It's going to be a close game. And I feel like because our secondary, if if you guys are able to protect Herbert, I feel like with your wide receiver core, you can do whatever you want at will versus our secondary. And so I feel like it's going to really put us back into a corner where we're going to have to go back and forth and, you know, play a more shootout style game again. And I think that's going to be what we're going to do majority of the season until we find a solution to our secondary. Because, I mean, who's going to match up with Williams? I mean, you still got Keenan Allen and even though we do have Trayvon Diggs, Keenan Allen is elite his dang self. And so that's a matchup there. You have Williams. You have one of my favorite players who was a Dallas Cowboy and Jalen Guyton. You have Palmer. Like, oh, so you have right. so many of these different different weapons out there. It's like, okay, and then you still have your running game as well. And so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how this matches up defensively versus your offense, which I'm really not confident with at this point, especially going into limited. So I feel like it's going to be a, a back and forth shootout style game. And it might come down to the last few possessions. Hopefully our field goal kicker doesn't leave us stranded again. You know, it can make these simple kicks and extra points, but you know, cause you can't afford to miss those little extra points like that, you know, throughout the season yeah. and games with the competitive teams as yourself. And so, you know, I, I think it's going to be a close game and, you know, I live here actually in Kansas City, so I'm actually calling you guys to really rival the Chiefs because I feel like you guys are talented enough. I mean, it's going to turn you're going to turn the corner eventually, but you know, I feel like if it's going to be the the second team in the AFC West, it should be you guys, if healthy. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely, and I do. You know, it, it really feels different. You know, if you've been following the Chargers for a while, you know that like. Anything that can go wrong generally goes wrong <laughs> yeah. outside of it outside of a season here or there, you know, like in 2018 when they stay pretty healthy. But mm-hmm. uh, and we've been there with the kickers, man. Like we, yeah. we understand that pain. So it hurts. Um, we'll have to see that. <laughs> yeah, it does hurt. Um, well, Jordan, this has been great, man. Can't thank you enough for all the intel on the Cowboys. Chargers fans, make sure and follow Jordan at JTuck151. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see that right there. If you're listening, go and follow him as well. Uh, we know that Intel with the Cowboys is is, is definitely a huge deal. Uh, are you going to make the trip out? Not to this one. So I actually just got back from Tampa, so I'm okay. resting and recovering. But I know a lot of Cowboys fans are going to be out there and for yeah. that game. And so I think it's going to be kind of shifted towards Cowboys Nation because I know a lot of us are going out there. So it's going to be interesting. But I know that's kind of your guys's opening, ceremonial yeah. opening. So it's, it's going to be a fun game. But I think that – it's going to be a back and forth shootout and here we go football season man oh man I, I can't wait this was a game that i had circled so i i am going um i live about three hours north of of la so i, I can't wait okay. to get the road trip down uh it's going to be a fun one and i agree i think it's going to be a lot of points definitely a matchup where you start every single skill player in fantasy that you can <laughs> oh, get yeah. your hands on <laughs> oh yeah exactly so it's gonna be a lot of fun exactly yeah i was i would start all of them yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so All right, man. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you soon.
All right. Thank you, guys. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.